May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So you, mortal, God says to Ezekiel, I have made a sentinel for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. I sometimes think that deep down in our heart of hearts, most of us yearn to be Ezekiel. Just think how satisfying it would be to be God's appointed sentinel on earth. Think how good it would feel to go to that cousin whose political views you detest, or that sibling who just can't mind his own business, that neighbor whose construction has ruined your week, or that sibling who insists on loading the dishwasher wrong. Nobody in my family would do that. And to say to them, listen, I've got a message for you from God, and this is it. Your ideas are nonsense. Your behavior is offensive. You are wrong, says the Lord. And I, of course, am right. Now, the Lord has never descended to any of us in a majestic heavenly chariot, as he did to Ezekiel, wreathed in fire and flame, propelled by the beating wings of four magnificent beasts, to set us aside for a lifetime of prophetic ministry in his name. And that's too bad. But we know that we're often right all the same. And we still take it upon ourselves from time to time to speak in God's name, or at least to speak in the name of all that is good and true and right. Sometimes we do this with other people who agree with us, and that's satisfying to solve all the problems of the world in a conversation with people who already think the same things we do. But sometimes we do it with people who don't agree, and there's a deeper, darker kind of satisfaction there from a fight, from a confrontation, from telling someone how wrong they are. If you don't recognize that tendency in yourself, it's always possible that you're a better person than I am, or that you're fooling yourself. But if you don't think this is true of humankind in general, then I invite you after this service to go find a New York Yankees baseball hat and walk down Main Street and see just how much people telling you how wrong you are. And worse, conveniently in today's gospel, Jesus gives us some very helpful hints on the best ways to go about telling one another that we're wrong. If an un another member of the church sins against you, Jesus says, first go alone in private and point out the fault. Should go well. If they don't listen, do it again, but bring a friend or two. If they still think they're right, tell the whole church. And if they won't listen to the church, three strikes, you're out with the Gentiles and the tax collectors. Unless you are the rector, in which case uh, they have kind of tenure and you need to get the bishop involved. Now... I've been a little irreverent so far, to be fair, but this is actually really good advice. If you have an issue with somebody, then in most cases, talking to them is a much better idea than talking about them. Of course, there are cases of abuse or inappropriate behavior where it needs to be reported to a third party, right? And of course, there are times when you just want to vent about something with a friend without needing to resolve it. But if you actually want to solve a problem in a church, or in a friendship, in a marriage, or in a family, you're much more likely to do it by talking to somebody than by talking behind their back. So Jesus' advice is good. When you have a conflict with someone, go to that person and talk about the issue. If you need help, bring a trusted friend or advisor and go from there. 
Gossip won't get you what you want. Public embarrassment isn't the best place to start. A conversation, one-on-one, is the right place. Fair enough. So it feels good to be Ezekiel, to be in the know and to be in the right, and yeah, sometimes to tell other people that they're wrong. And Jesus' words help us channel that in a productive way, guiding us on how best to confront one another, how best to speak the truth in love, as Paul says elsewhere, how to stand up for what's right for the good of the whole world. So there's a nice, quick sermon on a very muggy Sunday morning. There's just one problem, though. None of us is actually the prophet Ezekiel. None of us is actually the voice of God. None of us has received a message from on high suggesting that we're right all the time, as much as we might like to be. God has not told us that we must tell our cousin, neighbor, partner, friend that they are wrong and we are right, or that they will die and God will require their blood at our hands, as God says to Ezekiel. We believe that we're right, not because of a divine message, but because if we thought we were wrong, we would still think we were right, just from the other point of view. That doesn't mean, of course, that we should never stand up for ourselves or the things that we believe in. It doesn't mean that there's no such thing as right or wrong. It just means that the confidence of condemnation that we see in the reading from Ezekiel, and even in Jesus' words this morning, needs to be tempered by something else. Maybe by the kind of compassion, maybe by the ultimate commandment of love that Paul introduces in the epistle this morning. There are many times in life when you really do need to have a difficult conversation, when you really do need to confront someone with the truth, to tell them that you think that what they're doing is wrong because it's harming you or someone else or harming them. There are other times when you really don't need to have that conversation. And the important question to ask yourself in that situation might be something like this. Am I doing this out of love, that ultimate commandment? Or am I doing it because I think that I'm right and they're wrong and I need to tell them that? Everyone, of course, has that uncle or cousin who's always spouting off at the Thanksgiving table. And usually it's best to just roll your eyes and let it be. But if that uncle or cousin is spouting off about how terrible immigrants are while your first-generation American family member is sitting across from them, maybe it's time to have that talk. If you think that your friend shouldn't have bought those new shoes because they're ugly as sin, you should probably keep your mouth shut. But if your friend has a problem of chronically buying more and more shoes and is near bankrupting the family, an intervention may be needed. If you would just prefer that the forks and the knives and the spoons go in separate compartments because it's much easier to unload them, but your spouse thinks that that way they get stuck together and they don't clean properly, again, not an example from experience, then maybe that's between you and them and and God, and it's not something that you need to rehash every week. But if the situation is that if one more Tupperware lid melts on that bottom rack, this dishwasher is toast, then it's a situation like the one God describes to Ezekiel. If you warn the wicked and they do not turn away, then they will die. (laughs) Or at least the dishwasher will. When someone is headed down that road to destruction, the road that leads away from life, whether it's the loss of a relationship or a life or a dishwasher, and you love them, then sometimes, yes, you need to have that difficult conversation out of love. And the way Jesus lays this out is a pretty good way to go about it. But if you just think that they're wrong and it doesn't really make a difference in the bigger picture, 
then maybe consider why am I so bent on pointing out to them that I'm right and they're not? As God says to Ezekiel, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that they turn and live. It's not about being right. It's not about punishing someone for being wrong. It's about helping them live a full life. Because if you ever have that kind of conversation, you need to have it not only out of love, not only out of the desire for them to be well, but in love, not only for the right reason, but in the right way. You need to remember, as Paul tells us, that love does no harm to a neighbor. You need to remember that you are not God and not even a prophet from God. To remember that every one of us is as likely to be judged as we are to judge, to be corrected as to correct someone else. That each one of us is as likely on any given day to be in the wrong as we are to be wronged by someone else. And that our prayer is not, God, forgive those who sin against us, but forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We need to carry out the actions of an Ezekiel, in other words, in the spirit of Paul. We need to temper our confidence and our truth and our understanding and all our speech with love. In Jesus' name, amen.